sometimes. So I pray that you would help us uh, first and foremost um, put all this into the perspective your son died on the cross for our sins. Secondly, that we would understand what it means to honor you and, and to have in our hearts the conviction of your Holy Spirit in us. If there's some places that we need to make right and some relationships that we need to make right and some conflicts that we need to resolve in our lives, I pray that you would give us the peace and the wisdom and the understanding for how to do that and what to do. And we just pray all these things in your son's name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So tonight we're talking about um, friendship still in our series. This is several weeks going in. Um, this is going to be the last week, and, and I'm just going to do a little promo trailer for you, all right? Um, after this week, we're talking about, next on the list, dating. So if you want to know about dating and what the Word of God has to say about it, it's kind of interesting how that all works. I don't know why I said interesting, but the, it's a new word that I'm coming up with. Just been working it over. Um, it's kind of interesting um, in how we frame our lives, because there really wasn't anything like dating in Scripture. And so really what we're looking at is kind of like tonight, we're going to be taking some principles from God's word and measuring those back into our lives and our relationships. And I know um, among my world, um, the thing that I see student, students and families struggling with a lot is um, dating and like, what do you do with that? But before we get with that and we get to that concept, I want to just spend one more week talking about what it means to just be a good friend. You know, last week we talked about the people that we let into our lives and the places that we allow people to jump into our lives. If you missed last week, one of the key things that we talked about is the idea that our friends aren't just pieces of our past. They're really uh, pieces that we carry with us into our future. From every relationship we have, we take a little bit of that person and we carry it on into our future, whether it's good bad, however you approach it, everybody we have a relationship with, not just dating or, or any other thing like that. A lot of people just talk about this in like sexual ways or, or just romantic ways, but that's not the deal. Every friend that we have, that we invest life into and that we experience life alongside does in some way impart to us, give to us a little piece of themselves to carry on into the rest of our future. And there are people all around us, some of you maybe in that place, where your friendships have kind of shaped and molded you to this place. And for some of us, that has led us to a really good place in life, a really great place in life where you feel good about who you are and what you're doing and what you can accomplish. But for a lot of people in our world, it's led them to a really negative place and, and a kind of a, a hard place. We, all of us have little scars on our heart and our life from people that have come along and, and damaged us in some way. At the end of our day, our relationships, our friendships, shape us and mold us in huge ways. And God created us to be like this. We have to understand that God created us for community. God created us to be together. God created Adam in the garden, right? You remember this? Genesis chapter 1 and 2 said he created man. Just one person. And Adam's cruising around the garden. He's doing all kinds of good stuff. What do you think? What, what was Adam's job? Somebody, somebody. Naming the animals. Wouldn't that be a great job? It's like Dr. Doolittle, right? 
He's just walking around. You look like a parrot. You look like, I don't know, what. I, I think there's some weird stuff out there. And, and I always think like Adam coming up on like the first time ever seeing a few of these animals. Like, can you imagine the first time seeing a cow? Right? Like, right? It's kind of like, what are those thingies down there in the, in the bottom, the little hangy down thingies, right? And who was the first person that thought, I bet if I squeeze that, I can get something out there and make something real nice, right? You know? It's like, really? Who, did he walk up and he's like, oh, yeah, give me some of that, right? Really? How did somebody come up with that, right? Who thought, of, oh, I can go all day. So here's the idea, though. God created man, but he saw something. And, and what did God see that, that worried him? Come on. Go back. He was alone. He said, I need to make somebody that's equal to him. Somebody that he can have relationship with. Because you have Adam, who God made Adam in his image, right? He made him in his image with the ability to reason and understand. So in just that simple fact, he's above the animals. So he's not an animal. But also in that fact, God would come and and have relationship and talk with Adam. But Adam was not God. So there was this middle place that was totally devoid of anything. And that's where Adam lived all by himself. And God said, it's not okay that he's by himself. So he put him to sleep, took a rib, formed woman. God did not call woman, woman. He just said, I've made you a partner. I've made you an equal. And then Adam said, since I've been naming animals all day, I'll give her a name too. Whoa, man. (laughs) Right? Whoa, man. Right? That's the first caveman grunt right there. Right? And he saw her and he was like, that is good. And we are naked. Let's play. Right? And, and it was a good day. And they had good things happening. Right? But here's the thing that happened. Right from the very beginning. And we're just going to look at the very beginning. What happens? They make a mistake together. Right? They eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm not sure if it was an apple. I think it had to be something better than an apple. Apple's kind of, I don't know, right? But a fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And so they eat of it. She eats first, and then she gives it to him, and they both share that together. And then God is looking for them. Hello, where are you? And they are doing what? They are hiding. Okay, track with me here. So they've messed up. God created them. They messed up. They did exactly what he told them not to do. And the first thing they did was they hid. So up until this point, they were okay. Up until this point of their life, they had no sin. They had no problem. They had never done anything wrong. But when this happened, their natural instinct, because they were smart, their first thing they thought of to do was to run and hide. And then Adam comes out. Now they did this together. Right? You guys know the story of how this worked. They made this mistake together. But God comes and he says, so what happened? Where were you? How did, how did this, what, 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 what took place here? And what did Adam do? He blamed Eve. All the girls know that. 
stupid boy, right? The first thing Adam did was he blamed Eve. And right there in Scripture, we have our very first conflict. We have the very first time in Scripture where an individual human being has damaged another individual human being. The first thing he did was try and put her down to make himself look better. The first thing he did, knowing that he was the one with the problem, the first thing he did was try and cover his own butt, right? Both literally and figuratively. Literally and figuratively. What? And here's the thing. Conflict is painful. But leaving that unresolved causes huge amounts of pain. Now, Adam and Eve went through a whole nother deal, but tonight among us, I want to just talk about what it looks like when we do things that damage one another. Sometimes it, it feels like the people closest to us have the biggest potential of hurting and damaging us. You think back to Adam and Eve. Who was closer to Eve than Adam? No one. And the people that are closest to us can hurt us the worst. Because think about this. If you don't know somebody very well and they say, oh, that's not a nice pair of jeans, what are you going to say? Oh, okay, whatever, right? But when it's your very closest friend or it's somebody you really value their opinion, when it's somebody you really consider very tight with you and they zip you, what happens? It hurts. Why would you do that to me? I remember my brother and I, when we were little kids, we got boxing gloves. My parents gave us these little tiny boxing gloves. They were entirely too small, not enough padding. But, but they were cool, and we'd wear them around the house and just beat the tar out of each other, right? My dad would do this thing in our living room, and he would sit on the couch, and he would go, Okay, boys, I'm going to give you two minutes for this round. And we'd be like, We'd watch Rocky and stuff. We're ready to go, right? Little tiny boys. And we would come out, and we would just, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, my brother Eric, he didn't like the idea that we were fighting because he was always very tender. He didn't like the idea that we would be boxing. So he would come out, and he would, like, not hit me very hard. But I didn't have any problem with it. <laughs> and so I came out, and I just remember one of the very first things. I just came out and just, bam, just socked him right in the face. Now, my dad's rule was you were never allowed to hit anybody in the face, but we didn't really have that rule established yet at that point because it was like the first time we'd ever done this. And so I just remember my little brother just like looking at me like, what did you do? Like, what was that? Okay, so now can you guess what was his next reaction? Okay, started hitting me back. But remember, we're little boys. He's in shock and awe. Yeah, he just started crying, right? And then it turned, and boys, we do this. Like when we get angry or we get upset or we feel like we're about to cry, we need to beat something, right? So then the next thing I know, I've got this really ticked off five-year-old just attacking me with everything he's got. Just going to town on me, right? And I'm standing there, and I'm like laughing, like, what are you doing, little man, right? And he's like, I'm going to kill you. You're going to die, right? And he's giving me this whole deal. And my dad basically kind of outlawed boxing for a while until we got over it. 
But I still remember the picture of what happened. That first time that I just clocked him in the jaw. It was like, really? That just happened? And here's the thing. Among our friends, the people closest to us, the people that we care about, we don't expect them to hurt us. And, and here's the funny thing. Plays and historical documents have been written over stuff like this. The people closest to you betraying you. And yet we still do it over and over again, and we're still hurt the same way. It's one of the most base, constant things that happens in community is that we damage each other along the way. And, and we're not proud of it. We're not flaunting it around. But that's just the way life rolls. We let each other down. We do things that damage one another. And it's the people closest to us. It's the relationships that are close to us. And, and really, at the end of this, it's when it comes to conflict in our close relationships, it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. Seriously. Like, you can think I'm the nicest guy ever, and we can hang out, and we can do stuff together, but at some point, I'm going to let you down or, or, or break your heart or do something. I mean, it, it's just the way we go. And, and you can think, you know, you got this BFF, you know, forever, right? We're going to be friends forever. But as soon as they transfer classes or you get a new schedule or something else happens or you move to a different sport, some of that changes sometimes. And it's not a matter of if, it is really more a matter of when. And, and relationships are a lot messier when you have two imperfect people involved. And, and that's really uh, all of us are imperfect. And that's why one of my key things is for us to focus our attention on the Lord first, to get an idea of what it looks like to have a relationship between an imperfect person and a perfect being. Because if we can start to get that right, then we can make all this that's around us make a lot more sense. See, conflict is painful, but leaving conflict unresolved causes much more long-term damage than you and I will ever imagine. I don't know um, if you guys have had this conversation, but um, if you ever have had like a nagging envy of some kind, a, a, a small nagging envy that you don't pay attention to can lead to a very big one. There's a guy that I've been praying for for a few weeks now who's a part of this group, um, but it's Bob, the golf buddy, big Bob, right? Mighty Bob, my big Bob. He's like that guy. He's like that my big, he doesn't like his nickname, but I like his nickname. And Bob, a few months ago, um, came in and he's like, hey, I've got a little, like a funny thing on my calf down here. I said, dude, I, I think that might be your Achilles. We had this long conversation. He's like, oh, no, no, I think it'll be okay. I'll, I'll walk it off, whatever. Well, he ends up in a, like a boot thing, wearing that around, which is funny because he had one sandals on and one boot on. And that was, that was funny. But, um, and, and what Bob was ended up finding out is when he started walking all gimpy and limpy like that, it kind of threw his back and his hips out of alignment. And then Bob was doing some work, and he ended up falling off the ladder and landing all funny on himself and hurt himself pretty good. He was more sore, but he just kept trucking it through. And as he was going, what he didn't realize is inside of his body and in his back, there was getting all kinds of stuff was getting damaged. And then finally, he was at work a couple weeks ago. Now it's like two weeks, right? And he's driving a skid steer, 
big construction, big giant strong box, and he's going along, and bam, he hits something in the ground. It jars him just enough, and Bob's like laying on the ground going, get me. And now he's facing surgery because there's places in his back that are damaged that need to be reattached and put back together. And he's got pinched nerves and all kinds of other things that are involved with this. But when we talked on the phone the other day, he was like, honestly, it all started when I just started limping around to kind of compensate for that small injury in my leg. And I was preparing all this stuff, and I started thinking about it then. Like, how many of us do these little nippy things to people or have relationships that we just decide, you know what, forget it, I'm just going to avoid it. And there's a conflict, and we just kind of bury it and walk away. And when we see that person in the grocery store, we just duck our head and keep walking as fast as we can. Or when we see see them at school, we just kind of open our locker so we don't have to take a look at them. Or we act like we don't see them. And, you know, they say hi, like, oh, I didn't even see you there. (laughs) LOL, see you, peace, right? And we do that thing, right? We avoid it. And what happens is it never gets better dealing with this stuff. It just gets worse. This unresolved conflict doesn't get any better, it just gets worse. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 22, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. How could it be that my relationship with Danielle is just as important to God as my relationship with Danielle. That's kind of a crazy thing. Now, I'm lucky because Danielle and I have a good relationship. But there might be other people, not necessarily in this room, but outside of this room that I'm like, (laughs) whenever I think about it. I'm like, wow, man, do I have to keep putting up with this? And the Bible is very clear. Love the Lord your God first, but equally important, the second and greatest, is to love your neighbor as yourself. A conflict with a friend doesn't just affect your relationship with that friend. Other places in your life start to fall apart. Other areas of your life start to get damaged as a result of that. And that's why God says, keep it good between the people that are nearest you. Because if you keep it good and you can keep your communication open and you can work together and you can have solid relationship and foundational things happening, you're not going to see the fallout come in other areas of your life. A couple years ago, we had a big dairy crisis here in the valley. And I know a lot of dairymen. And I'm talking to some of our dairymen, and there are some dairymen that have have done business and and kept their name good and are friends with a lot of people. And so you could tell with some of those, their friends came around them and they helped them out and they gathered and they worked together. And it was like, hey, man, I'm really struggling here. And they could have those conversations. But then there were also some of these guys that had kind of made enemies with some people. Their business, they hadn't done people right along the way. When, when they could make a few extra bucks, they were trying to make a few extra bucks. When they were, they were pretty shrewd, they were pretty harsh. And, and, and you know what ended up happening to a few of the people that even I know? When it got really hard, they got left out. See, God says, 
on the right level. Keep the communication open, and you won't start to see fallout in other areas of your life. Because when you hit those hard times, then you'll see people coming around you and gathering around you and helping you out, and your good name will carry you through, and, and your character will carry you through. But in a lot of places, that's not the case. The Bible says again in Matthew chapter 5, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Now remember this, that someone else has something against you. Not that you're angry about something that someone has done. Read that. It says, if you remember that someone has something against you, then you need to leave your sacrifice at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person and then you can come offer your sacrifice to God. See, so many times we do, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. And we start that when we're really young. We start justifying what we've done. And we start cutting people out of our lives because, well, if they got something against me, it's their problem, whatever. And we do that. And we let that conflict grow. Well, it's not my responsibility. The truth of it is, if we remember or we find out or we know that somebody's got something against us, we have to do everything within our power to make it right. And then we can offer our sacrifice. Then we can pray. Then we can spend time before the Lord asking God to be with us and guide us and lead us. But until then, our prayers are not effective. It's a crazy thing for me to think about. Here's another scripture. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable and do all that you can do to live in peace with everyone. Remember the Bible says, uh, in the Old Testament it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If somebody punches you in the face, you punch them back. But the New Testament with Jesus, who is our Savior, came and said, if somebody punches you in the face, you turn the cheek and let them punch you again in the face. And if they take your jacket, go ahead and give them the rest of your clothes and walk naked home. That's how serious Jesus was. I want you to live in peace. Don't repay evil with evil. Live in peace. Be a God-loving people who put Christ first. And by putting Christ first, we choose to place others above ourselves. Here's another one. It says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of the Father. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. So many times in our own way, we want to handle business. All throughout scripture, though, we see an almighty God who chooses his people and then does his work to make sure that they are taken care of. If you don't know the history of the Bible, God chose a singular group of people. They were called the children of Israel, the Israelites, the Jews. He chose them and set them apart. And he said, you are my people and I will be your God. And from that point on, he fought all their battles. He sent all, their, all the gifts that they needed their way. He provided for them every step of the way. And here's what happened. At some points in their life, they decided that God wasn't good enough for them. They needed something more. They needed something different. And we, we decide that God isn't good enough or God isn't strong enough or God isn't wise enough or God isn't just enough, God, you wouldn't pay them back the way that I need them to be paid back, so I'm just going to take care of it. I'll get back to you. 
That's where we break relationship with God. He says, be my people and let me be their God. It's a big deal. I'm going to jump to another scripture here, and then I want to show you a video. Something that's kind of a funky video. Because I want to help you figure out how to do this. It says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're, you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Have you, how many of you have ever, you can raise your hand on this. How many of you have ever done something really stupid when you were angry? Anyone? Come on, there's got to be some. Right? We, we all do. When we, when we get angry, we kind of lose control. We're like, right? We just kind of go. I was with a buddy of mine, he could not control his temper, and he punched a wall and totally broke the, the knuckle bone in his hand, right? That was dumb. I was like, what are you beating? That's a brick wall, you idiot, right? I was just so mad, I didn't know what to do. It was stupid. Keep controlling yourself. But think about this. Have you ever been so mad or so frustrated or so angry with somebody that you just can't sleep? Like it's that, it creates that like, in your gut. Or you did something, you knew there was something not right between you and somebody else, and you just it just sat on you, and you decided to ignore it. That's the place that God says that's where the enemy wants to work in your life. When he can break relationship between two people, that's when it starts to happen. And next it says, make allowance for each other's faults, and forgive everyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you have to forgive other people. to make allowance for everybody else and forgive them because he forgave me? So I want to show you a video about a, an awesome Christian man and the way that he's seeing some of this work out in his life. It's a video about a guy named Robert. Check this out. Just one block east of downtown Los Angeles is uh, one of the most dangerous, overlooked, marginalized places in the United States of America, and that's Skid Row. Now, Skid Row is a place where horrible things happen all the time. Women and children are the most vulnerable to the crimes, but you also have gang members and drug dealers who sell drugs near rescue missions and uh, hinder efforts to help people in the area. This is where I work. This is where God called me to be. And I believe that with my whole heart. You know, the reality here is most people don't really like police officers. They're taught to hate us because they feel we're after them because of their social status or race or whatever. It's really hard to meet somebody you really want to help and have them reject you. Some of them hate my guts. And I really, truly, honestly care about them. I try to look at people the way I think God looks at people. And in spite of all our mistakes, God still loves us. So in spite of all the mistakes that a lot of the people in Skid Row have made, I want to show them that I love them and I want to help make their lives better.
hard sometimes to move your judgmental idea about who people are and what a good person should be, or, you know, and get out there and get to know these people because you'll find that even though some of them have a lot of problems, severe problems, mild problems, they're people. And it's still They're told police hate you, but I destroy that fear when I get out in the street because those folks will test you. If you say you care, they're going to hold you up to it. Okay, Joseph, you care? Put me in some housing. So Dion? Yes, Dion. Yeah. So you're interested in some 90-day housing? Yes. Yes. Okay. What I want you to do is Thursday, go see my friend. She's, okay. a, she's a wonderful lady. Over time, the people see you for who you are, not what you are. They know I'm doing what I'm doing, not to harass them, but because I'm for them. All right? We'll be ready. All right. Take care. Hey, how are you? You know, you're a star. How you doing? Because you love this kid, don't you? I do. I do. Get to know people on an individual basis. sit here all this time. My faith in God is what keeps me from packing up and leaving town. This is my assignment. It's like a driving force that keeps me having faith in this community. You know, that says, don't let him go yet, Dion. Don't let him go. for the girl playing Joseph right now. But, um, uh, no, it, it's kind of over-exaggerated. And the reason I had you swap roles is because, honestly, uh, most guy conflicts, girls look at and go, that's dumb. Why would you guys be fighting about that? And, and most girl conflicts, guys look at and go, that's dumb. Why would you be fighting about that? And, and the point of it is we, we all feel things in a completely different way. We, we all have different positions and we have different places in life that we find ourselves. But I feel like when God looks at us having wars with each other and having anxiety with one another and frustration with one another and we just start button heads and we start avoiding each other, that God looks at us and he goes, that's just dumb. Why are you doing that? Like you're not... You're not above one another. I created you just the same as I did with Adam and Eve so that you could have community on the same level of people with reason and understanding who are made in my image. 
If I had wanted to watch stupid things fight each other, I would have just started with animals and finished with animals. But I created you all on the same level so that you could love one another and equally love me as well. The Bible says things like, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't let your anger boil over in you overnight. Don't let that stuff just hang and sit in your heart, in your spirit, and grow up and become something that you don't want it to be. Kind of funny one. I like these uh, commercials. They're, um, I think it's DirecTV has them out right now. But it's like uh, when you realize that you've been paying too much for cable, you start to you throw your remote. When you throw your remote, your wife thinks that you're angry. When your wife thinks that you're angry, the people around you begin to think that you're angry. When people start to think you're angry, they stop inviting you to meetings. When you stop going to meetings, you grow a big fuzzy beard or whatever. When you, when you grow a big fuzzy beard, you start to become that person that collects stray animals. When you start collecting stray animals, you can't stop collecting stray animals. Don't be the person that collects stray animals. Just go get direct TV, right? There's so many of them. I love the one with, you know, don't have a baby and a dog collar. That's the one I really like. But at the end of it, I think it's funny how they play it out from one insignificant thing to equal something totally outlandish, totally crazy, totally at the crazy end of the spectrum that that would actually happen. But the truth of it is, y'all, the Bible is very clear. If we start with something as simple as just not resolving conflict between one another, it can grow up into something that the enemy uses as a tool against us to defeat us in our life. And I want to end like this. How do we handle the conflict? We do stuff like Dion. We get out, we get to talk to people. We find out what they're really going through. We find out what's really going on in their life. And I want to encourage you, get to know one another. Get to know what's going on in somebody else's life. When we first started this year and we started these random table groups where we would put a number on your shirt and then, and then you'd have to sit at that table and talk to those people, here's the number one comment I got back from that. Jeff, that was so cool because I never would have known that about those people. I never would have talked to them. I never would have understood that about them. I really liked that. That was kind of neat. I learned something about somebody that I never would have known. And that's the big picture. When we begin to see where God is at work and the people around us, we can respect it and appreciate it. But when we put them as just somebody who's ticked us off and we begin to marginalize people and push them away, then this is what we do. We say, God, your creation and the person you really care about is not good enough for me. The person you died for, not good enough for me. I'm better than that. I'm above that. They're not somebody that I can hang out with because they tick me off. So what if you died on the cross for them? It doesn't matter to me. And that's where God says, you know what? We're going to miss you missing what I have for you. It's not so much that you're going to miss your future. It's just the simple fact that you're kicking God's creation into the dust. And he says, but I love them just as much as I love you. So here's how I wanted to end. I wanted to end it and just have my hands clapped for you because because uh, tonight we started this series, and I, there's a song called So We Are. 
talks about the honor of God's name and the honor of the cross and the honor of the sacrifice of Christ and how I'm going to live every day of my life to honor him and everything that he's done for me. Tonight, as we wrap up, there's another song that I just want to, we're going to put the words up there so you can kind of see it and sing it with me as we kind of put it up. But I wonder if we could just stop and ask ourselves, is there something unresolved that I've been carrying around that I need to let go of, that I need to make peace with somebody? Today I was at the tech uh, wrap-up for Kingsland County Tribe, which was awesome. There was some sweet stuff happening there. If you ever get a chance to go to the Kingsland County Tribe, I challenge you, please do it. It's an incredible thing. But there were a number of kids who said, stood up and said, this weekend, I let go of some stuff that was unresolved in my heart that I had against some people. And I forgave them, and I'm done. And I let God forgive me. And it's just so beautiful. So my challenge to you tonight is to take a look. Are there relationships? Are there friendships? We all want to date. Everybody wants to date. We all want to talk about love and marriage and sex and all that good stuff. And we all want to talk about that stuff. But here's what I'm here to talk about tonight. Are you just a good friend to start off with? Let's get to dating later. Are you a good friend? If you were to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you fall as a friend? And are there some things in your life that you just go, you know what, I need to let go of some of this, or I need to make that right, and then I can talk to God about it. So I'm going to play this song of worship. I'm going to close us in a word of prayer. But I'm going to ask you just for the next few minutes, if you could just ask yourself in your heart, ponder in your heart, Have a great night.